listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello! Welcome to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. This is Deb Wolf, and I'm back. I took a little break, enjoyed the summer, was all over the place with dogs, went to a patriotic pooch parade, try and say that three times quickly, saw a lot of dogs dressed up as uh, famous characters throughout history on both July 1st and July 4th, because, you know, I'm a cross-border kind of gal, so I celebrated with all the dogs on both sides of the border. Had a great summer camping and doing wonderful things with my kids in the beaches. Saw dogs everywhere. And I'm kind of happy to say I didn't see nearly as many cats as I usually do, so I think people are being a lot safer with their cats. But um, there's something that's come up in the news lately, and I particularly wanted to do a show today to talk about it, because I know it's not just here, where I live in Canada, uh, near the city of Vancouver in British Columbia, on a little farm in Maple Ridge. We call it Camp Good Dog. And if you want to see where I live, you can look me up on Facebook under Camp Good Dog. We post pictures of all the little dogs and big dogs playing and swimming and hanging out and puppies being born and all kinds of stuff there. So you can check it out on Facebook. Just go to Camp Good Dog. But yeah, in Vancouver, there's been a big problem in British Columbia, the province I'm in. So that's like the state I'm in. Big problem. Four incidents in one month where pit bulls, in one case a Rottweiler, in three cases pit bull, attacked people. In three cases, it was children. In one case, it was a grandma, a really elderly lady who liked dogs and was walking with her husband. And the whole thing is awful. Okay, these, these people, I've seen the, oh, it's just awful. They're scarred. They're, they're swollen. They had to have lots and lots of stitches, corrective surgery. In one case, the beautiful little girl, beautiful, beautiful little girl. I mean, beauty pageant, beautiful kind of girl. Fresh face, no makeup, tiny little four or five-year-old little blonde, blue-eyed, beautiful porcelain skin girl has this gigantic scar from one side of her face to the other right under her jaw. Now, I know they'll be able to fix that over the years with lasers and things like that, and, and she'll be fine, but it's just, it's just a warning to everybody. It's so, so scary. So this is in the news here, and I know it's in the news all over the place from time to time. Right now, there is a pit bull ban in Toronto the biggest city in my country. And I know in Miami right now, they just now in the last weeks voted once again to reinstate the pit bull ban. So it's not just my part of the world that's talking about this. And if you love pit bulls or you're afraid of pit bulls, or maybe it's Rottweilers that kind of push your buttons, or maybe you just don't want any tough dogs. Maybe you're one of these under 26 inches kind of people or under 18 inches kind of people. There's people in bylaws and condo rules that say, you know, Dogs are okay as long as they're this small or this small, itty-bitty or almost itty-bitty. Yeah, well, little dogs attack more than big. But we'll be talking about all that on the show today. We'll be talking about, you know, why it is pit bulls get blamed so much and what do I think and do breed bands work? And also little stats and facts. I'm just going to have a free-flow conversation with you today because I have so much information on this. I don't quite know how to put it all together. So I'm just going to tell you the things I know, and maybe you can make up your own mind. Things like 77% of the injuries to kids from dogs are kids under 10 years old and are to the face. 
That's kind of scary. I mean, some of these things just make the hair stand up on your, on your neck. When a child less than four years old is the victim, the family dog is the attacker. 47% of the time, that's almost 50%. And get this, 90% of the time it's in the family home. So this is not random. This is not out on the street. This is in your home. Why are you combining toddlers and dogs without supervising? That's the question I've got for that one. But we're going to talk about all this. And you know what? I'm going to tell you the difference between the bite power of a German Shepherd, a Doberman, and a Pitbull. Bet you want to know that. So stay tuned to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio with Deb Wolf. Don't go anywhere because the best is yet to come. Stick around. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Welcome to GoDaddy.com's Internet Cloud. First, get your domain name from GoDaddy.com. Then, Make your business and personal internet dreams come true. Go to GoDaddy.com. Use promo code PARTY101 and get a .com domain name for just $7.49. PARTY102 for 10% off your order. PARTY103 for $5 off $30 or more on any items. Or PARTY104 for 20% off one-year hosting plans at GoDaddy.com. GoDaddy.com. Domains, websites, and everything in between. Inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. Welcome back to the animal party. I hope you have your party hat on. I hope your pit bulls all dressed up in costume. Because that's what I've been seeing lately. The pit bull people are fighting this whole scare by just being so darn cute and nice. They dress them up and they take the friendliest, friendliest, friendliest dogs they've got and they put them in these cutesy costumes and they march them all over. And yes, that is the way to go. If you've got a super friendly dog that people are scared of, make sure you make it look as innocuous as possible. No stud collars, no macho stuff. You know what? I had this dog, Zach. He was a shepherd cross and I used to walk him all over the place and he, ha- he got a lot of flack and I trained him so well. It was, uh, he wasn't my dog. He was <laughs> a customer's dog. Sorry. <laughs> but sometimes I feel that way about my customers. I walked him before he had this owner who was very, very busy and I walked him in a Scottish terrier three times a week for years. Then she abandoned the dog to a kennel and I went out and found him and rescued him from there with her permission because they were going to dump him. They'd had him for months and no one wanted him. German Shepherd breeding kennel and no one was coming there for Shepherd Crosses. Anyway, this dog who was called Mulligan and then Zach and then I picked him up and uh, anyway, his new owner 
was a very with it kind of young woman, single in the city, and she walked him all the time. But people used to just walk out of the way for him. They were so scared of him. And I said to her, you know what? Just put a hot pink collar on him, some bandana or something. Just dress him up so he looks like a, a girl on his way to the market. And that's exactly what she did. She dressed him up. She put hot pink collars and matching leaves, and she, the kind with a little bandana on it. And nobody minded Zach anymore. It was just an immediate transformation. He didn't look like a guard dog anymore. He looked more like a flop-eared whatever walking along the street. So sometimes it's how you, how you present your dog. But these costumes, normally I don't like seeing dogs dressed up. But if we're fighting the idea that your dog's dangerous, dress it up. Make it look sweet. Make it have the best manners you can think of. Make it so obviously sweet. I had a Roddy Cross I used to take care of, and he scared people in the park. So I trained him to always have a ball in his mouth. Always, always, always. And he would drop the ball in front of someone and then sit politely and wait for them to throw it. Nobody was scared of this dog. Everybody knew what was on his mind. He's running around with the ball, 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 ball. Then he'd drop the ball and sit politely, didn't bark, didn't bother them. If they didn't throw it, he'd pick it up and move on to the next person. Usually he'd find someone with a really wicked arm who was looking for somebody to throw for, you know. So it worked out great. Okay. So we are going to be talking about pit bulls and breed bands in a more serious way. But the first thing I want to tell you is, so far, in every city where they've tried a breed ban, it didn't work. And that's just the truth. It didn't reduce the number of bites. It didn't reduce the number of attacks. It didn't reduce the number of children getting hurt. didn't reduce anything. Sometimes, well, always, it results in a whole lot of dogs going homeless that are well-behaved and trained and have responsible owners. Most of the time... The deadbeat owners with the badly trained or underexposed dogs who are a risk don't care, don't react, don't do anything differently. So that's a bit of a problem. Then you've got the people who own dogs that are maybe only part the dog you're thinking of banning. Well, where do they fall? Or the dogs that look like that kind of dog, like the boxers, who are so different and so sweet and have a gumby mouth that can't even bite. It doesn't even make sense that people are afraid of them, but they are because they look like pit bulls or pit bull crosses. So you've got all these other issues going on. And then you look at the stats and who bites the most? It's not the pit bull. It's the little dogs. So why is it that people are so upset with the pit bull? Well, one thing I want to tell you first is that when they ban the pit bull and they target it specifically, the bad apples in the community that want to have hassle-free ownership of nasty dogs that they usually breed or find from breeders who breed specifically for nasty temperament. These dogs, they won't be pipples anymore. They'll be something else, flavor of the month. Something like a Dogo Argentino or, let's see, a Cane Corso. About 10 years ago, two of those killed someone in a lobby in a San Francisco apartment just because the owner didn't get to the elevator quick enough and call them off. Now, why am I so worried about this? Because you think a pipple's got a nasty attitude and a tough jaw? You've never trained a difficult cane corso, a dogo argentino, or one of the giant mastiffs. You know, originally used for bear and now used by the Spanish secret police. I mean, seriously. Pipple's not the fiercest thing on the block. Not by a long shot. And these people know how to breed and mix breed different, what they call gladiator dogs, to get this really nasty temperament. And they know how to mistreat them. And it's the people 
we have to police. So, okay. So I am going to tell you the jaw comparison because I know everybody wants to know the jaw comparison. <laughs> so this is what I've got. There's been so many tests on jaw pressure and different things like that. And um, it really does depend what you're looking at, ripping ability, pressure, different things like that. So it's tough to compare, for example, wolf to mastiff. You know, if you're talking pressure, the mastiff wins. If you're talking damage, (laughs) I'd rather face a mastiff than a wolf personally. But that's because I've worked with both and I know how they are. Gosh, the wolf is a secretive creature. But we're going to talk about the jaw strength between a pit bull a Doberman, and a German Shepherd. Well, this is what we know in terms of facts. When a pit bull bites a human, one in 16, so one out of 16 times, that person has serious injury and has to go to the hospital. One out of 16 times. When a Doberman bites a person, one in 296 times, the person has to go to the hospital. And when a German Shepherd bites a person, it's one in 156 times. So if you want, if you're thinking about this and you're on one of those truth or dare programs and they say, you have to face a dog and he's going to attack you. What dog do you pick? I think you pick the German Shepherd, hands down. You do not pick the, do not pick the pit bull. So that's part of the reason people are so upset about this. Now, right now, I'd like to recommend a website to you, doggonsafe.com. There's a ton of information on there, especially for children on how to be a tree, on how to seek cover, what to do if a dog attacks you, and how to greet dogs properly. Because this is the key. The key is always, always demonstrate in front of your kids that you ask first before you pet, that you never reach down, that if you see a dog in food, you don't go near it, no matter how well you know the dog. If you see a dog sleeping, you don't go near it, no matter how well you know the dog. And you got to be safe with your environment. When you visit people in their homes, ask them to pick up the food if it's sitting on the floor and your kids are running about with their dog. Ask them if their dog likes kids. You know, ask them to put it out if it's displaying any kind of aggression or intensity or territoriality or anything that bothers you with your children and be right there. So that's really important. When you're in the room, you're the leader of the pack. When the adults leave, the dog takes over if it's not been taught properly. Now, there are plenty of dogs who love kids, but still, even the nicest dog might have to turn on a kid if the kid is being cruel or mean or inadvertently. A little one can pick up a pair of scissors. This happened to me once. I showed up at a dog's house to pick it up in the morning. Lovely dog named Taylor. Black and white cross. He's just a lovely dog. He looked like a cow. His markings were so unusual. And a big retriever, sort of a dog, and probably Great Dane in there somewhere for these weird markings or Catahoula leopard dog or something. No one could ever tell. He was the oddest looking thing. And so mellow and so sweet and intact. So that was unusual for such a dog to be so mellow and sweet. But I went to his house one day and the three-year-old, almost three-year-old, came to the door instead. And she was in her nightie, which was white, only it was not white. It was covered in blood. And she was bouncing up and down the stairs, as they do at that age, talking to me, telling me Taylor wasn't ready yet, that she was getting him ready. And apparently what she was doing was giving him a haircut, which is the problem here. But what had happened was, uh, it was around, I think it was in fall. I think they were decorating Christmas trees or something like that, maybe Halloween. And the mom had a whole table of decorations out, including some shears. And the kid had got a hold of the shears and walked off without the mom seeing, and she'd literally cut the flap of the dog's ear off, like, you know, to make it pointed, 
you know, giving it a haircut. Kid didn't mean anything wrong by this. Well, ears bleed a lot. So anyway, when the kid came down the stairs looking like this, I thought the kid was hurt. So I started shouting the mother's name, you know, Annette, Annette. And she came running and, and, and someone else came running, maybe a nanny or housekeeper, I don't know. But there were three of us examining this kid. Nothing on the kid, it turns out. And then Taylor walks in shaking his head, blood flying everywhere. So sure enough, she rushes off to the vet and we take care of it. Most dogs will not put up with that. Most dogs would have bitten that kid. And you can't expect that. You just can't expect it. Stuff happens. And that's why you got to be there all the time. you got to have good, safe gates. So when you do need to take a phone call or have a shower, the kids and dogs aren't together. Good kennels if you need it. And, you know, your dog won't hate this. Your dog's relieved not to be left with all, <laughs> all these hazards. If your kids aren't guaranteed to be sweet and nice and polite all the time with the animals, then your dog's relieved to have a safe place to go like a kennel where he gets treats and toys sometimes and where he gets praised and there are games connected with it. So he likes being in his kennel. So according to the American Medical Association, dog bites are the second leading cause of childhood injury, surpassing all the playground accidents put together. So it's a pretty serious problem we're talking about. Uh, I've got some more facts to share with you because I just find these so interesting. Let me just see. Now, most often, the dogs biting are not pit bulls. They are mixed breeds. The purebreds that bite most often in the big size that people record and report, see there's the other factor here, are German Shepherds and Chow Chows, which is really interesting because Chow Chows are not highly represented in the general population, but they are traditional guard dogs. And they are mistakenly bought for their fur and their kitsiness. And sometimes people don't quite understand that they're not really a dog park dog most of the time. And they're not really good with strangers, even people who visited a few times. They look so cute. It can be deceptive. So now here's a fact that I think is so important to take in. Dogs who are intact are three times more likely to bite than dogs who are not. Now this stat is heavily skewed by the males because the most likely dog on the earth to bite you is an unneutered male. So if you're not breeding your dog in a program where the puppies are wanted and needed, why have you left him intact? He has desires and urges he can't satisfy. He's frustrated all the time. He has a complete and different agenda from being your family pet. He can't help it. It's biology. And you're playing with fire. So in addition to all the unwanted puppies and the escapes and the chances of him getting in fights or drawing fights to him if he's a bit of a weakling in the dog world, you know, getting beat up, um, in addition to all that and the marking and the peeing and the noise and the distraction you got the chance he's going to bite somebody, you know? So why do that? Neuter him and he's third less likely. So it's, it's, really, it's really important to think about these things. Okay, so I've been saying a lot of bad and sad things. And uh, it makes me very, feel very sad because all of this, in the U.S., pit bulls make up 1% to 3% of the overall dog population. But they do cause more than 50% of the serious attacks and the breeds most involved in fatal attacks are Rottweilers and pit bulls. And why do I find this so upsetting? Because I know the dogs at their best. There's nothing like a good Rottweiler. Oh, I had this Roddy Cross hound, and he was with me. He didn't know farming. He didn't know cows. He didn't know anything. And I, he was with me visiting this farm. And this farmer guy that I was supposed to be visiting, who had this little blue healer dog before I... No, before I ever did, I had my wolf cross. That's right. My wolf cross, who was really old, kind of daughtery at the time. I had this big old hound dog, Roddy Cross, with me. And this farmer guy, he, he tells me that he has to catch these last few calves 
which are really bulls, and they're huge, but they're young. He's going to catch them and put them in this contraption that makes them stand still, and he's going to do something to them. It turns out he was chopping off their horns and soldering it. It was awful. I didn't want to be there. But anyway, didn't know that's what I was in for. Thought I was in for something nicer, like a clip in the ear, you know, (laughs) some kind of tag, maybe a shot to keep him healthy. No, no. Anyway, he fell. The farmer gets inside this contraption with this bull and he falls behind the bull. And he had told me, don't, I don't want your dogs involved. I don't want your dogs involved. But I heard him scream and I heard his dog going off. And I knew he was in trouble. So I sent my Roddy over there. And without ever being trained to do a thing, my Roddy got in between the bull and him, where this other little dog was, making having no effect. Got in between them. Turns out the dog had been kicked, and I didn't know that. Got in between them and barked his head off until the man was able to get out of the contraption, call my dog out, and shut the contraption and do his job. That's a Roddy at its best. It's made for herding cattle in and around the barn. That's what it's for. Horses, cows, anything you want in and around the barn gently. It's not out in the long pasture. It's not on the miles of fields and farms. No, it's in and around home because it's a protector. It's an incredible stock dog and a protector. And normally, they're the most gentle with little things. Little dogs, kittens, kids, little creatures are kind of the things they take care of. A mama Rottweiler is the best mama you could imagine. She is so loving and caring and vigilant and and giving with her offspring. And oftentimes when you see these stories about a dog that will feed abandoned kittens or something like this, it's often a Roddy or a Roddy cross. They really, really, really care about their pack and their place in it. And unlike the Doberman, they don't challenge you every day. They're a very easy dog to have. So for me to see them on this list is just so disturbing because I think the wrong people get them for the wrong reasons. And I think that's true of the pit bull too. It's kind of the dog of choice for the worst people in society who want to treat their dogs the worst way they can. And there's no reason for it. You all remember little rascals. That dog was a pit bull. It was. And look at it with the gang hanging out with all those children. So that's what we can get out of our pit bulls and our Rottweilers. If we pick them well and train them well and raise them well and get rid of the bad apples and crack down on the bad apples and stop them from being able to breed these vicious dogs and have them fight. So I'm going to take a little break. We're going to go to commercials and we're going to come back to Animal Party and we're going to talk a little bit more about all this. I'm going to take a little bit of a different take on this now. We'll be talking more about pit bulls, breed bands, and well, what you think. Give you some facts and stats so you can make up your own mind on Animal Party at Pet Life Radio with Deb Wolf. Don't leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive 
and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Welcome to Sassy Seniors, a show about our fabulous older dogs and cats. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson. You know, I wanted to create a show to really showcase our senior pets. And you know, as a human population ages and lives longer, of course, so are our wonderful pets. But many of us with aging pets, it's so interesting. We have a tough time realizing or really admitting that they are seniors. So in a way, I kind of like to think of our senior pets as, as wise puppies. What do you think about that? Be sure to join us for another day of Sassy Seniors. And remember, celebrate your senior pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. You're back with Animal Party on Pet Life Radio and Deb Wolf. And, you know, I can't get over how long the list is of dogs that they won't insure now. And it's ridiculous. I mean, Labrador Retrievers ended up on that list. The friendliest, most social dog in the universe. Now, it's true. Any dog can, can bite. And insurance companies love to discount everything that possibly could make you need your insurance, as we all know. But still, how do they get away with this? You know, dogs protect our homes. This is crazy. It shouldn't be allowed. Check your policy before you buy it. Because if your sweet golden retriever is a reason for them not to quality, yeah, it's nuts. Anyway, okay, so I wanted to tell you about this connection between people and pets and why the pit bulls go wrong. So in a sample of 355 dogs categorized as high risk, all pit bull types and dogs of other breeds that had killed or seriously injured a person without provocation or killed another dog. So 355 of these kind of bad apple dogs, if you will, were studied. There was a lot of research done at the University of Cincinnati. And this is what they came up with in conjunction with the Children's Hospital Medical Center. Because you see, it's so much a problem of injured kids. Anyway, this is what they came up with in Cincinnati. There was 153 pit bulls, three Akitas, and uh, one breed I don't know. It's probably a typo. And three Chow Chows and four Rottweilers in this category. So there we go. We got quite a lot of the Chow. We got the Rottweiler. We got the pit bull. And we got the Akitas, which are yeah definitely in this category because they're not group dogs. They don't belong at the dog park most of the time, and they don't tolerate people coming and going from the backyard if they don't know them. So this is a kind of issue with these dogs. You have to know what you're getting and and you know set up your life to accommodate what you've got. If you want the dog that will let everybody come and go, you got to train it that way, and you got to pick the right to begin with. But anyway, okay, so here we go. We got these these bad apple dogs, 355 of them in this high-risk category, and um, every one of their owners was found to have at least, so 153, let me can't count this up, 7, 8, so 164 out of the 355 were found to have at least one criminal conviction, 
So it's really interesting. While 27% of those with low-risk dogs, including breeds such as beagles, collies, spaniels, or terriers, were found to have past legal troubles. So they're saying that the people most likely to break the law and get in trouble with the law for criminal offenses are also most likely to pick these dogs. So there's one connection right there. The people in the study with vicious dogs, okay, so this is beyond just tight dogs, vicious dogs, were seven times more likely than those with sweet dogs to be convicted of aggressive crimes. Isn't that amazing? So when they did this study of all kinds of dogs and they picked the ones who'd actually hurt people, the ones who actually got a label of vicious and were on a list somewhere or put down somewhere, you were seven times more likely to find that those dogs had someone with them who'd also been violent in society and got and broken the laws. So I think that's very, very interesting. Dog owners with risky pets were also more than twice as likely to have convictions for domestic violence and crimes involving children. So it's really about the people. There's no question. If you ban a breed, you get worse breeds. And the good apples in that breed are are in trouble. And there's a massive dogs put down and massive dogs having to be transported out to other places and no real reason for it. There was a pit bull last year in Florida, a pit bull who was loose, running around, And some lady he didn't even know had her toddler in a swing at a park and she was pushing the toddler and all of a sudden a man came up Oh, and yeah, and gave her the creeps. So she took the toddler and she went back to the car and as she was getting back to the car, the man, what she thought, pulled a knife and was threatening her. And this dog came out of nowhere, dun-da-da-da, and started growling at the guy and chased the guy and then the police were called and they caught the dog and put the dog in the animals rescue society and the lady said if he needs a home she was going to take him and i mean you know that's what a pit bull can do that's what a loose dog can do if it's a good dog and it's trained well you know but right now with all these scares and all these dangers you got to keep your dogs on leash and you got to make sure people aren't afraid of your dogs got to get them out and socialize them and teach them how to be with other people because at their basic core They want to be good citizens. They want to be good dogs. They want to help us. So there are some experts out there, like Stan Korn, who is a colleague and friend of mine, and I've had him on the show before, who disagree with me on the Rottweiler front. And I've got him, unfortunately, in writing here, (laughs) saying that what he's saying is that an adult Rottweiler has the bite strength of 2,000 pounds per square inch. And he's saying that a Doberman, on the other end, has half that bite strength. So he's not making the point that these people should get the Doberman as the family pet. Not at all. He's, he's more for, you know, King Charles Cavalier Spaniels, if your kids are older and labs and lab crosses if they're younger. But he is making the point that it's just such a powerful dog. You really don't want that in your home. And that is an issue. You know, there was a, a Pomeranian who killed a baby once, though. And Jack Russell certainly bite more than Rottweilers in my personal experience. Tons more. They get away with tons more. But, um, but there is a cry against Rottweilers because they are capable of such damage And uh, when there is a problem. And they are, they are a tough dog to manage. You do have to know what you're doing, and you do have to put the time in. So in some cities, there's breed bans that go so far beyond pit bulls. So once you get the pit bull ban in, you're likely to get Rottweilers added to the list and maybe some other dogs, like here in Dublin, catch this. They want to ban English Bull Terriers, Staffordshire Bull Terriers, American Pit Bull Terriers, German Shepherds and Alsatians, Rottweilers, Dobermans, Rhodesian Ridgebacks, Japanese Akitas, Bull Mastiffs, Band Dogs, Japanese Tosas. Now, some of the insurers, as I was telling you, have dogs like Labradors on their lists. And so if any dog ever anywhere bites, 
even maybe a good bite, and there is such a thing as a good bite, then they, in the insurer's eyes, get put into the stats and added to the list for the next coming year. So some people are calling this an Irish dog massacre because so many breeds will be banned and then sent away or killed, so many distraught families. And why? On some of the lists, dogs as small as Cocker Spaniels, the lists of dogs that disqualify your insurance policy. So everybody be aware the breed ban. The breed ban can be a more dangerous thing, and it really, really doesn't help anybody. Yeah, there's a lot of information on how these high-risk dogs come from high-risk people. So I think that's really where we ought to be focusing now and giving the local authorities more teeth. The fact that they can't interfere with so much of this really is really a struggle for them because oftentimes the people who are the worst at this have warnings. They've been visited by animal control. They've been reports. There have been almost attacks or near misses. There is a dog there who's reported to be neglected, and when they go there, she's got the bare minimum and bred constantly. You know, this kind of thing, it's really hard to crack down on. But if you contact your local SPCA, if you suspect there's some kind of dog fighting or breeding of dog fighting dogs in your area, there is a reward, and they will, and they will do something about it. So at least that's helpful at this stage. But we've all got to be better. If you know there's a dog in your neighborhood that's a danger, you got to do something about it. Because the one day that gate's broken, the dog who every time your kids pass or freaks out, you know, that dog, the one day that gate's open or, or broken, he's going to come for the kids. So you got to do something about it, like talk to the owner, make sure the dog is socialized with the kids, get your kids to understand they don't walk past that house anymore unless you're with them, stuff like that. Be proactive on this. And, um, and I think we need, to, we need to get the people in line, too. Well, everybody, I've talked a lot about pit bulls, and uh, I love them. I love them so much. If you look up on YouTube, there's a free clip there on two-dog rivalry, and I've used two pit bulls to show it. They were owned by the same lady, Jack and Missy, and the two of them, they vied for attention every time you greeted them, talked to them, did anything with them. You pat Jack, you get Missy, over and over and over and over. So they were a perfect example of you know, how to handle it if you have two dogs that are the same and want the same things and need the same things. You take turns, you look at your watch to make sure they get equal time, you give them separate different jobs they can do, one fetches ball, one fetches stick, that kind of thing, so that they're not always, always in competition. You say their name first. So, uh, so they're not always wondering who, who's being talked to or so they don't have to be rude to be the winner of the toy or prize or treat or game. But, and you make sure you pick which one is the leader, the natural leader, and you let him have everything first so they get used to the order and they're not competing for it. But also you might want to avoid it. You might want to get a gigantic big dog and a tiny little one and then they never compete. Of course, they have different exercise needs, but at least they never compete. So that's another strategy. But if you want to see two pit bulls, check that out. And while you're checking out that video, what you'll see is them kind of jumping all over me and each other and biting each other and all this. And at the time, I'm quite pregnant. So, you know, <laughs> not that great. <laughs> but, uh, but Jack and Missy, oh, here's an example. The owner really didn't get Jack's power. And she had played a game with him, which was tug of war with his teeth. She would reach her hand in and pull on his canines, and he would pull back. And this is the kind of game you just don't play with a pit bull. You don't want him using his mouth. You don't want him using his teeth. Jack was a very gentle dog with people. But why encourage that? 
right? He's going to go try to do that with other people as he would and terrify them. So you have to think about this. This is not a game for a pit bull. It's not a game for any dog, actually. Nobody wants a dog coming up mock biting them. I mean, really, even though you think it's cute, get him to bring a toy. Bring your toy. Get your toy. Get your toy. That's all you have to do. Ignore him or put him in a timeout when he mock bites you and give him a toy and make it so much fun when he does get the toy, get the toy, get the toy. Then you just leave a bucket of them by the door, a bucket wherever they hand them to kids as they pass through. So whenever there's a kid around, if the kid wants to play with the dog, he's holding a toy. If the dog tries to play with the kid without the toy, time out. If they play with the toy, they get to play. Because otherwise, a lot of times what happens with kids is they instigate a reaction from animals. And at first, they'll pet it nicely, and then it gets boring. So then they'll pet it a little more roughly, and then they'll wrestle or grab a paw or maybe try and get it to shake two paws at once if they don't know that the dog can't do that. You know, maybe the dog's sore. A lot of things can happen innocently with kids and dogs if the child is not shown how to play fetch properly and the dog. And if they're not both taught, we don't play with dogs without toys, period. If you don't have a toy, the kid is the toy, right? How else can the dog play with him if he's running around and he's got nothing in his hands? Grab his clothes, grab his arm, trip him up. This is not what you want. So they have to have toys too. So here's Jack and Missy. You're probably looking at him right now. If you're on YouTube, you're seeing Jack's big giant head and it bones and all and M Missy jumping over the top and everything like that. All very innocent, right? Yeah, well, one day they got out somewhere. They got out and they had seven minutes in a field, about two acres, with a bunch of pet goats, 15 goats. And before they could be caught, that pit bull had killed three goats. Just killed them that fast in seven minutes. And then... They had to be corralled. The, goat, the rest of the goats had to be saved. The, the dead ones had to be removed. And he was not cooperative for the whole thing. So you look at Jack, you look at those teeth, and you think, do you really want a dog like that <laughs> that can kill goats in, in seven minutes, three goats? Goats bigger than a kid, you know, faster than a kid, right? We do not want to be playing with the teeth or playing tug-of-war games with any tough dogs or any dog at all, really. They should be dropping the ball, dropping the toy, bringing it to you, finding it when you hide it. Let's get some good games going, everybody, and not have our dogs and cats scratching at us or provoking us or being rude to us to play. If we teach all our pit bulls and rottweilers and chow chows to greet friendly, to sit nicely, if we teach all the people in our lives <laughs> how to behave too, then we won't have these attacks. And I really, really hope that everybody will be safe. So if you want to hear more about this topic, you know where to reach me. Well, you can get me here at Pet Life Radio and send me your questions or your comments. And um, yeah, I'm just looking at the emergency room incidents annually. These stats are for the U.S., but the um, American Medical Association, yeah, there it is. Dog bites above playground accidents, below baseball and softball. Above vehicle accidents, all-terrain vehicles and mopeds. Above volleyball. Above inline skating. Above horseback riding. Above baby walkers and skateboards. It's only below baseball and softball, and that's probably because there's just so much baseball and softball. But, um, yeah, you know, when you read that it's – that the, the only exception to these child stats is the mail carriers, and they do bear the most on this. 97% of attacks are to mail carriers. And that's because the mail carrier is an invader to your dog. He smells like all kinds of other places. He's coming and going. If you have a mail slot, that's a particular invasion. You should change to a box. 
Because having a stranger slide stuff through right into your home is not cool with your dog. And it shouldn't be cool with you either. Not in today's terms. Not with security as it is. It really shouldn't. Especially if you have kids. I mean, they could get a hold of it and you don't know what it is. You haven't even seen it yet. That's like sending them trick-or-treating and not looking through their bag when they come home. Don't do it. You know, make sure there's a mailbox. And yeah, just, just uh, you can't expect your dog to love the mailman. You can't expect him to greet him nicely on leash when told with you. That's about it. The rest of the time, the mail carrier shouldn't have to deal with your dog. And you absolutely should take the time whenever you're around and the mail carrier comes to try that. So the dog diffuses this reaction. So he knows that you sanction this. You know this guy comes every day and you're okay with it. But yeah, the rest of the injuries, it's really, really child heavy. Boys between like three and eight bear the brunt of this. And it's almost always by the unneutered male dog at home. So this is a lot to think about. In fact, even with adults, most of the time, the person bit thinks they know the dog. The dog is telling them, I don't know you, get out of here. And the person says, yeah, I know you, I know you, I've been here before. It's not working. If the dog tells you to go, leave and uh, go to Dog on Safe for more information on that. All right, everybody, I hope you look me up on YouTube and Facebook and let me know what you're thinking here at Pet Life Radio because I know this is an upsetting topic. And um, I wanted to shed some light on it and let you make up your own minds. It sure is in the news here. I'm interviewed, oh, it seems, every week on this lately here. And I'm so hoping that it calms down and people are more responsible and uh, less people get hurt. Now, to put this in perspective, annually in the U.S., there's approximately 20 people killed by dogs. So it's really minuscule compared to things like gunshots, which is 12,000 in the U.S., or accidents, 100,000, you know. So, I mean, I really want to put it in perspective that in the two-year period between 1997 and 98, for example, they have really good stats, 27 people died from dog bite attacks. So there were 18 in 97 and 9 in 98. So it's really, you know, it's truly not a lot of people, but there are a lot of children bitten and bit seriously, bitten seriously. So that's, you know... 67% of the dogs were unrestrained. But I want to think about that for a second, okay? A lot of the times, the unrestrained dog is actually a dog who's almost always chained up and underexposed. And this is a huge problem, huge problem. If a dog is always chained up and tied up and never gets to see kids and neighbors and people, it is a time bomb. The day that leash breaks, you're in trouble. So we don't want that. We don't want dogs chained up. And there are some municipalities and cities who are passing bylaws against it because it's that much of a risk. The dog should be trained. He should be in a secure yard when he's out, but he should be trained to deal with life and be a good citizen and be the kind of dog like that pit bull in the park who saved that lady from being mugged or God only knows, maybe having her child taken. Who knows what the man wanted? We'll never know, I suppose, because he's not out there in the playground anymore, thanks to the pit bull. So... Yeah, I want you to all consider this. Go to dogonsafe.com if you need more information on how to keep your kids safe. Check out me on YouTube with my two pit bull friends, Jack and Missy. Lovely dogs. Just don't let them babysit your goats. And you know what? I had another pit bull who came here, Anna, I think her name was, who loved the goats, my goats. She hung out with my goats when she was here. So it's not a breed thing. It is specific to every dog what they're into, what they're like, how they're raised, what their attitude is. But if a dog's going to be bad and it's fierce and tough and dangerous and has the equipment to harm, you got to be extra vigilant and extra good and make sure it's an 
extra polite member in our society. Okay, well, that's interesting too. You know, men are twice as likely to get bit than women. When the victim really, really doesn't know the dog at all, it's only 10 or 20% of the time. So we're talking about dogs you know in places you know, and most often it's little kids in their own homes with their own dogs or in their own homes with other dogs. So let's just be careful at home. That's the main thing. Police yourselves, your kids, your own neighborhood, your own dogs, and we'll all be okay. And if you've got an intact male at home and you're not breeding him, get him neutered. Do us all a favor and him too. Okay, everybody, that's me on breed bands and pit bulls for Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. This has been Deb Wolf. Be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.